Hi, right now you are listening to the TJTV podcast, and we are at the Kimmel Center right now uh, doing an event. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the show, and let's get on with the podcast. Walk up in your function like, oh shit, here quick, hide them girls I know life ain't fair sometimes, that's why I don't compare our worlds I can't help that I'm what she wants, you just not what she prefers Pick and choose whoever they reserve for me, no car can burst Don't get too beat up about to save yourself some room to hurt Six and stones might break your shit, but watching Harley with me's worst I am not your enemy, your luck tonight don't mean your curse This shit happens often, you'll be better walking every day I need some reaping Where you rappers sleeping I'm hungry, it's that season I'm talking fire, flame, I'm fire keeping Bitch, I'm spitting lethal, I'm a demon I need some reaping Holding that weed if you try to ride Girl, I got that blunt and I can't face this shit by all myself I'm a car, call to me for being so goddamn amusing I ain't think that I would act the way I do, I'm used to it I'm up in my studio just boozing like it's cool and all Why would I live with parents still? It's paradise inside my crib Wipe them tears all off your eyes I know that I'm on the rise I don't need no science God to tell me that I'm next to sky And all of these diamonds thick And I'ma kill it with the wave uh-huh. I hit a lick again I'm riding in the cool wheels Wide got them whistling Yeah, all the rubber burning rims glistening No Michelin I got a bad bitch and she Dominican I'm hitting it Roll up to the mall, drop racks No fitting room I'm reeling in that check like a fisherman Pay me, I feel like I'm the best lately <laughs> On them like that, my crew. That what I could do. I grabbed a bag, I had to change the you. That what I could do. I'm in the whip. Zero tint brim, low, I can't see. I- iPhone in my pocket, but you can't reach me. Yeah, I'm next to sky high. Every day I sky high. I don't need your line. I got paradise inside my mind. I be on my swing, on my grind. Every day I feel the shit. Every day I feel like I'm a win. I win, I win. You mad at me for what? Welcome to the TJTV Podcast. How's everyone doing? hey We may sound a little different today because guess what? We're not in studio. That's okay. We'll fix that later. But before we fix that, guys, it's such a nice day out. Um, it's really nice. There's a few clouds in sight, but this song is so appropriate for it. TJTV Podcast, only on Spotify Google Podcast, Anchor.fm, Anchor.fm, and much more. Let's get it on with ELO.
What's up, everybody? Welcome to the TJTV podcast, only on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, and much more. How's everyone doing on this beautiful day? Hey, guys, we have some great things coming your way. We have actual, today, we have an interview with Sophia, Sophia, Sophia George, sorry, <clears throat> and yeah, we have a fun interview scheduled today, but first, she'll be coming on very soon, but first... Let's get on with my show. How is everyone doing on this beautiful day? Welcome to the TJTV Podcast, only on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, and much more. How is everyone doing on this beautiful, beautiful day? And like I said, it's going to sound a little different, maybe a little echoey, because I am at home. I am away from the studio for once. And guys, I am a little upset about that. I really am. Not really. But... It's a it's a fun day, guys. Having a good time. Anyways, welcome to the show. God, I keep burping. How's everyone doing on this beautiful day? I had a fun, fulfilling weekend. I have to admit, this was one of the weekends in a long time that I got super drunk, and I literally did not want to. I didn't want to be alive on Sunday. Let's put it that way. Like, I was so... I hated life so much. I'm going to, like, give you my... My my day-to-day. My da-da-da. I sound like a dumbass. Um, I'm going to give you my day-to-day, which... With what happened over the weekend. But I also have something on my mind that I want to talk about. And, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot. Like, I really want to write a book. And I have the whole premise of the book written out. And it's not going to be, like... uh, creative book. It's going to be something like, you know, my autobiography. I never thought I would ever want to write a book, but I have, I've had this idea for a while, for about a year. And I was just talking to a friend of mine about this earlier. And she said, you know what you've been doing You told me when you were a young kid what you were going to do. You told me you were going to be in radio and you were going to do all these things in radio and nobody believed you. And now that you're doing this, it makes me happy because you're proving everybody wrong. And it made me happy that she said that because... She was right. Like, 
And she also said, you know, what kid do you know that's your age that says they're going to do something and they and they do it? I said, I don't know anyone that doesn't do anything. And she's like, exactly. She's like, you're about to make me cry because I'm so, like, happy for you. And the fact of the matter is, I proved almost everybody wrong in my entire life about doing something like whether it's going to be next big you know podcaster next big you know radio show host next big whoever and you know i have to say like when she told me that it really made me start thinking i need to write a book and not because you know, other people are doing it. It's just because I really want to write about it. I have a lot of stuff I want to write about. I do. I want to write about some stuff. And the best part about writing a book is writing your autobiography. Biography. Um, because it... Because I just think writing an autobiography is really like something I really want to do. I think it would be a great start to my career. I mean, I also think it would be a great start to helping me push myself to come to becoming more popular as well. I mean, everyone says, you know, the reason you're not popular is because you're not trying hard enough. And to be honest, I am trying hard enough. But when I do try hard enough, nothing gets noticed. Like, I wrote, directed, and filmed Pandemic. I pretty much wrote a whole TV series that could have been picked up by anybody. And it barely got recognized. I mean, I'm going to put it on Facebook to see how well it gets recognized on Facebook. But... How do I know it's going to get recognized on Facebook? I mean, who knows? I could just be, you know, saying I'm proving myself wrong, but still. But yeah, I, it really got me thinking, like, I really want to write a book now. Just for that, to inspire others. I do, and I think it would be a good career move. In the midst of my career. So, um, I'm going to be writing a book very soon and I really want to, I really want people to help get this book out. I really think writing a book will, you know, get me jumpstarted into my career. I think it will inspire people. I hope it will inspire people. And I think it could become, you know, an actual, you know, maybe a movie documentary one day. I've done a whole documentary on my podcast itself, but still, I think writing a book is going to be something that's really awesome. It could be like, I don't know, a 200-page autobiography, 300-page autobiography. Who knows? I don't think so. Or I, I know so, but, you know, we'll see what happens. But it really involves going deep, deep in depth in my whole career and figuring out, you know, what I have to write about and... 
you know, getting a publicist, all that jazz. But we'll see. We'll see. Anyways, guys, welcome to the show. I do have a lot of stuff I want to talk about. And, you know, I want to talk about my weekend because uh, Tori and I had a good weekend. We actually had one of, like, this was probably one of the best weekends I've had in a while. And this weekend was probably the one weekend where I probably shouldn't have went as hard because I felt like I was about to die yesterday. I'm going to start off with my weekend on Friday. Friday was one of those weekends where I worked, I worked 10 hours on Friday and on Saturday, or I'm sorry, and I was so tired on Friday night. I wanted to go home. I was just like, I was at working an event Friday night and I was just thinking about, I was like, I really want to go home. I really want to go home. Because Friday lasted forever. I mean, it was one of those days where I'm just like, kill me now. Really like one of those like, ugh, I hate life today. You know what I mean? Just those like one like, that one time I'm just really annoyed with everyone and everything. And to be honest, I'm just like, oh, I hate this life. Like, I really hated life on Friday. And Sunday, I hated life even more because of what, like, because of what went on. And it, it just sucked. Like, it was really it was that one, like, instance in my life where I'm just like, kill me now, please. Because on Saturday night, I wanted to go out and have fun. Like, I wanted to go out and drink just to have fun with Tori. And it snowed and it was miserable. It was just one of those things that I hated. Like... So sad. So after I stopped working on Friday, I'm just like stumbling over my words, not really talking. But after I, I'm a little drunk still, guys. On Saturday, I decided I wanted to go out and drink and have just you know have a good time. And I went to my mom's first for something. I had to go get something, and she was asking, you know, what am I doing over the weekend? And I said, oh, I'm probably just going to go out and whatnot. And my sister was like, oh, can I come? I'm like, if you want to come, you know, you can come. Do whatever you want. I don't care. If you want to come up towards Westchester, you can come up towards Westchester. Do what you want. So I went to my mom's house, told them what's going on. It was snowing, of course. And then I was like, all right, you ready to go out? As soon as we got home, Tori was like, yeah, sure, let's go out. So we went out. We got a Lyft driver who... I have to say, this guy does not know his right from his left. Like, this guy really was one of the worst Lyft drivers I've had in a while. Not because... Not just because he didn't know how to drive. I just thought the guy was crazy. And the fact that, you know, some of the things he said was kind of crazy. My first thought was, though... Okay, you know, he doesn't know where he is because he made, like, four wrong, you know, four wrong turns driving, trying to get a, trying to come pick us up. 
my second thought was, okay, this guy's just fucking psycho because he said he lives in Westchester and goes to school in Westchester, but he doesn't know his way around Westchester. I have to say, though, the guy missed, the guy missed picking us up like five times driving on Saturday. And when you're standing out in the cold weather for like 35 minutes waiting for this guy. And, and I timed it. It wasn't 35 minutes, but it felt pretty damn long. I mean, when you're sitting outside in the cold-ass like weather, then you, yeah, you know. But yeah, we waited for this guy for like, I want to say 10 minutes. 10 extra minutes than it should. He was, first he went around the corner, then he missed a turn, then he went into a different complex, and then when he was driving, he didn't know how to get out of the complex. It was just one of those guys that really irked my soul that I don't have. And maybe I thought, you know, in the beginning, like I said, I thought the guy probably didn't know where he was going, but he said he went to school in Westchester. Now, if you went to school in Westchester, if you're a Lyft driver in Westchester, why are you? Why do you not know where you're going? Granted, yes, some places are some are sketchy in Westchester, and you don't know where you're going. But hey, I knew where I I know where I'm going. I drive around Westchester all the time. When people say I'm going here, there, and that way, I'm like, okay, cool. Like the guy was just so ridiculous. Like it was really bad. I didn't I didn't enjoy waiting for this guy forever. I mean It just sucked. It it really did. That was like one of the worst experiences I've had in a long time. Like, I never want to do Lyft like that again. Never. I mean, I never want a Lyft driver that doesn't know where he's going ever again. And the fact of the matter is, too, when we were driving, he had his GPS. His GPS was on sideways. Like, it was it was sideways because... I don't know. Actually, I don't know why it was sideways, to be brutally honest. I mean, I just thought the guy was really wacky, in a way. And maybe he was. Maybe I'm just judging the guy by its cover. But, I mean, this guy did not know where he was going or what he was doing. I really kind of felt uncomfortable with this guy. You know? It's just one of those things, I guess. And I have trust issues, too. But this guy was just not... He didn't know his right from his left. Let's just put it that way. Anyways, to get back on to that topic. So, yeah, Tori and I went out. We had a good time. And I got really super drunk, like, more than I should have. So we went out, went to this place called Ryan's Pub. I had a good time. I had dinner. We drank a little bit. Then my sister came along. And then my cousin came along. Because my cousin was also cousin was also in the area, and um, I think I had seven seven Coronas, seven Coronas, a shot like a green tea shot, 
what else did I have? Seven Coronas, a green tee shot. And I had Crown Royal. Or Crown Apple. It was something Crown. It was in Crown Royale. So, yeah, that was fun. I mean, I really had a good time doing that. Just going out to the bar and drinking. And then on Sunday when I had to work, it was even worse. It sucked. It, it really sucked. I mean, I hated life all day on Sunday. To the point where I'm just like, I really want to go back to bed. It really, it really wasn't the best. And, you know, I really hope that I had never had to go through that again. Because I don't want to go through that again. I really don't. Because it, it, it sucked. Like, really bad. <laughs> Hopefully we don't ever have to go through that anymore. Because I don't want to go through that. Also, we got some news. Baseball is back. Why is baseball back? Well, I don't really know. You know, I'm actually kind of excited that baseball is back, to be honest. I'm really excited that baseball is back, and I'm glad that we don't have to worry about, like, you know, what are we going to watch in, like, April and May and all that shit. But, hey, it is what it is. Um, But, yeah, that was pretty much my weekend. We got news that baseball came back. We have news that I survived another night of drinking, which I'm probably not going to do that for a long time. And, yeah, we got a lot of stuff coming on, guys. We got a good interview. By the way, I do have some ideas for a 400th episode. I think it's, is it 400 episodes? Holy sh! yeah, 400th episode. We're almost there, guys. We're almost about 20 away from episode 400. God, 400 episodes. I mean, I can't believe that we're actually, like, super close to 400. We gotta go to 5,000 soon. What? We'll do 400 episodes. I like to do 400. We'll see what happens. When we get to episode 400, I'll let you know how we do. Anyways, guys, uh, looks like Sophia is coming on the Zoom right now. So we're going to play an appropriate song, and then we'll be back on. Only on the TJTV podcast. We'll see what happens.
I am here with Sophia George, who is an artist, a singer. She has a few songs out that I just uh, saw recently. So how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. I just got finished with classes for the day, so I'm excited. To- You're on spring break, though, right? I was last, last week. I was. Now I'm back into school and everything. You're in college, right? Yeah, I'm in college. I'm a junior at uh, Georgetown University right now. What's your major? International politics. So you're going to be, you're going to go into uh, politics? I don't know. I don't know exactly what I want to go into. I think I'm more into like diplomacy, like international affairs. I think domestic politics, I've kind of gotten a little disillusioned with. Um, So I'm like right now interning at the French embassy and I speak French. So maybe go in like French. I'm really interested in like Eastern European and like Russian security issues. Um, My concentration is in like international security. So lots of like conflict and, and war um, whether that be like civil war or like interstate conflict it's interesting my wife wants to learn french i just don't know how hard of a language it is i mean spanish yeah. was hard enough for me but exactly. french is easier russian i is like my thing i want to do later but that would be really freaking hard to learn definitely i took a russian class once it wasn't really my thing it, it was like a it was a movie it was like a film russian class and it just wasn't my type of it wasn't my cup of tea, I feel like. Yeah, it's it's definitely like an entirely different language. It's not like one of those romance language. So it will be hard. I don't think I'm just trying to be like really good at French right now. And then I'll <laughs> I do French, English and then maybe Russian at some point. But I don't have any like heritage. I have French heritage, though. So I think I'll just stop there. So are you from I know where you go to school? Obviously, it's in Georgetown, which is near D.C. Are you from the area or you live like further out, like Virginia area or? I'm from Los Angeles, actually. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm from That's... LA, so it was a big, big shift. Yeah. What's it like? I mean, like compared to living on the East Coast and the West Coast. Yeah, no, it's like very different. And so that's what my like debut single was like Venice Beach to DC. It's just like all about that like shift. And it talks about how like different life is. Um, we have like the coming up from like the beach city vibes, a very casual atmosphere of like flip flops and short shorts. And then you come here where everyone's like extremely pre-professional and career oriented and um, kind of sometimes a little bit narcissistic. Uh, I think narcissism is everywhere, but in DC it's a little more like, oh, look at my internship, look at my model united nations accolades and stuff like that um so it's a very different environment but i like i like the preppiness i like the ambitious atmosphere here um there's definitely a lot less like entertainment it's more like pre-professional in a diplomatic governmental consulting type of way which is different very different from what i grew up in which was fun so was that what one of your singles was narcissist because i saw that was on spotify is that what one yeah, of your- yeah yeah well so I did my debut single like January 10th was that was the debut single of Venice Beach to DC all about like my own personal relocation from Los Angeles 
to DC. And then my EP, like the concept of it was like this foreigner. So whether that be domestically foreign, like in terms of me coming from, you know, across the country to school here. Um, and then um, also just like foreign in a, a broad sense, like encountering foreign people and being a foreigner to lots of different people, um, just like new environments, new um, opportunities, new kind of um, cultural experiences. So I wrote Narcissist about the dating culture in DC and how it differs from, I think it's very unique dating culture. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the, that was like the single and the, the EP I just put out. If you don't mind me asking, what is, what's unique about the dating culture? Yeah, it's very interesting. So I wrote Narcissist after I went out with this guy who literally just talked about like all of his professional contacts and all the languages he, and his security studies and his um, like sixth grade MUN accolades. And I just found it really hilarious. And I found it to be like really good material to write down. Um, so it was really fun. I think it was pretty representative of a lot of the, uh, I just feel like a lot of the social culture here is kind of like, um, using other people as like ladders or like trying to impress people with your resume. So I wanted to write about that because I think it's a very interesting culture. So you grew up in LA then? Yeah. That has to be kind of like, you know, extreme. I mean, uh, when I, when I see people moving from LA to like DC or Boston, I feel like everybody has more of a different like outlook of what it is over there because like usually when someone's from LA, it's usually someone's there to become a singer or a artist or whatever. And then when they move like across the, you know, country, it's kind of like, whoa, what are you doing here? Like, yeah, no, it's so true. I think it's very interesting because it's people that are from LA are very different from people that choose to come to LA. You know, I think people that choose to come to LA really want to um, engage in this like entertainment sphere. So you come to LA to like get more music contacts, um, definitely a lot of acting. If you want to be an actor and start off in acting, you basically have to move to LA. Um, and then people that are just born in LA just happen to be there. Um, and so there's, it's, I feel like a, a very different personality of people that were like, you know, native there and the people that like choose to move there. Now you have like influencers out in Los Angeles. Um, and I chose to move to DC when I was doing my college applications because I had like, um, it was, I was considering between like UCLA, UC Berkeley and Georgetown and some very different places, right? Um, I really liked theater a lot and acting growing up. I didn't yet discover music until quarantine. That's when I started writing songs in quarantine. Um, and then I, um, so I had to like make this huge decision of, did I want, do I want to follow international politics, the political route, or do I want to continue on with like acting? And I ultimately chose politics over, over LA scene, over the entertainment scene. And I thought that I had to like say goodbye to everything, but what I've discovered through making music has been that like, you can do anything really. You can do as much as you want, as little as you want. You can really find yourself in all these different little sectors. Um, so that's been really nice through my music is just finding the fact that I can pursue my studies and uh, my interests in international politics, but I can also do music and I can also act and um, write and stuff like that. So that's been really nice to know. Have you ever done any like plays or musicals? Yeah, yeah, I did that a lot growing up. And then I just studied abroad actually at Trinity College and I was very involved in like their um, their plays and um, the, it's called the DU Players so lots of theater societies there. So that was super fun. But yeah, all throughout my life since like sixth grade, I've really been doing acting. Um, and I felt like it really helped a lot with my music because I feel like my music is kind of performative. Um, 
I think I use kind of my musical theater vibe in it. Like a, a lot of people say that I give off a musical theater vibe. And I think that's because I was, I grew up doing a lot of like acting and stuff. What was your favorite play or thing that you've acted in? That's a good question. Okay, this is really weird. But when I was studying abroad at Trinity College, this guy, uh, they have like this culture of people writing their own scripts and then directing them. So it was this play called Sorry for Your Loss about all of these people who showed up at funerals despite not knowing the dead. And I played this like really iconic femme fatale kind of character. And I just, I really liked her a lot. Like she was very a moral person. Um, but I like playing people that are like very different from me or people that I like aspire to be. She was very like Lana Del Rey listener type vibe, which is kind of me. Like I love Lana Del Rey. So she gave off those vibes, but it was an amazing, it was an amazing production. Um, and the guy who wrote it, like his mind is, is crazy. And it was so fun to be around these like Irish theater kids. Cause I think Irish people are like the best. They're so funny. I died. I started, I was like, everything we read was like hilarious. It was so funny. I feel like acting is because I have a YouTube channel. I've acted a few times. Yeah. I feel like when it comes to acting, like you really have to get in the character. And whenever I get in the character, I really have to like put it in the back of my mind that it's just a character instead of like really like, because like whenever I act and did this one thing, like my mind got really like screwed up because like I was literally putting myself in this actor's shoes and in this character's shoes and it really like kind of made me depressed for a little bit oh yeah no it's true you have to make sure you're not doing like the method crazy acting or like thinking you're the character it's very it's very hard um that's definitely something i kind of struggle with i think i get too into character sometimes <laughs> um yeah no that is that's very serious you have to be able to disassociate yourself from the character you're playing yeah i mean i get i mean i think when people act they get really into it and like i think with me i just wanted to get into it and it's very hard to i mean it's not hard to get out of but it's hard to not think about in a way yeah no definitely i agree i think that's what's really cool about acting is like all the different approaches to acting because you have people like daniel day lewis and um i think leonardo dicaprio who sometimes use the method acting and then other actors who don't and they're just as effective it's just whatever method you choose to pursue as long as it you know the audiences believe you you can use whatever you want did you ever go to acting school or no i did um like summer camps um my i did it in high school my high school wasn't like a performing arts school but we were pretty good at performing arts i would say and then like over the summers i went to idlewild arts academy i went to london academy of music and dramatic arts like just over quarantine for like two weeks because I was bored in quarantine. I was like, I want to do something. <laughs> so um, I did that. And then at Trinity also, I did more acting. And I do like some acting classes at Georgetown. So like with my security studies, I'm minoring in uh, theater and performance studies. So I still get to act here, which is awesome. Which is, yeah, that's awesome. And then you said once COVID hit, that's when you started doing music. What made you want to start? Did you get inspired by anybody or? Yeah, I just like, I think I've like, I've always been a writer. Um, like I, I loved writing growing up and journals and then I would like publish in my um, high school magazine. And right now actually, I'm in the pre-publication -pre phase of like writing this creative writing book, um, memoirs and short stories, like all about love. And so I felt like songs were like the natural progressions from just writing instead of just like words on, you know, on paper and using pen and paper, you can like use melodies and stuff like that. 
So my sister had been taking guitar lessons with her guitar teacher. And I was like, it's quarantine. There's literally no excuse for me not to learn the guitar. Because it's something like I've always wanted to do. I've just never felt like I had time to do it. And so March of 2020, I was like, okay, I'm going to start learning how to play the guitar. So I do lessons like once a week. And then once I could do like a chord progression, I was like, oh, I can write songs. Like I have all these thoughts and I've been writing them down. Why not put them to like melodies and put them to chord progressions and start making songs. So that was kind of my thought process. And then once I started making songs, I like really couldn't stop. I just became obsessed with it. I, I like that because during like the pandemic, everybody was doing something. Yeah. I mean, except for me, I was binge watching and doing more podcasts, but um, yeah. I feel show. like, I feel like the uh, pandemic actually helped a lot of people too, when it came to doing like, you know, different things like writing songs, podcasting, or making TikTok videos, you know? I totally agree. I think it's like um, you don't have an excuse to not do something you've always wanted to do because we were left with so much time. But I was like, there's no excuse for me not to pick up the guitar and learn something. That was good to get myself to to force myself to do that. What was it like when um when it first happened? Were you still so you were in D.C. I imagine when it first happened. Yeah. So they sent us home. We actually had spring break kind of early, and then they sent us over spring break, and they're like on spring break, they're like we're going to suspend you guys indefinitely. I was already back home because I wanted, I saw my sister in a production. She was like one of the main roles. So I came back really early um, to Los Angeles. And then once they told us later near the end of spring break, like, yeah, we're just going to have you guys finish school. It was my freshman year. Finish my, your freshman year of college on zoom. I was just in Los Angeles that entire time. And then I went to London over the summer and that's when I got like so much inspiration summer of 2020 and I just started writing a bunch of songs, summer 2020. And then my sophomore year was all online, but I did move back to DC and lived off campus with one of my best friends from freshman year. Um, so all sophomore year I was in DC. And then I went studying abroad my junior, my first half of my junior year. And now finally I'm back on campus after not having been back since March of 2020. That has to be crazy. I mean, a lot of kids got really, um you know, screwed in a way because graduations got messed up and proms and whatnot. I feel really bad for a lot of kids. I know. I feel like I didn't lose any graduation, but I did miss a lot of school years. Luckily I was here last year. So I got to hang out with some friends, but the whole culture of like meeting new people um, was kind of uh, taken away from me, but now it's all good. Now it's back. Now we're in class. Um, yeah, I mean, I was watching the State of the Union and like from what Biden was saying, I felt like he said it's like pretty much over at this point. I'm like, oh, I'm just like, so do you feel like more safer going out than meeting new people than just, you know, like we did back two years ago or a year ago? Yeah, I definitely feel safe. Um, we have things at Georgetown, like we have to wear masks still in class. But like when you go out with your friends, um, everyone you're required to be vaccinated and not only vaccinated but have the booster at georgetown so i pro i feel pretty safe just around me um because everyone around me i know has like been vaccinated and stuff like that and then we also have like randomized testing so a lot of people will like test before big parties and stuff like that um so like i'm in a sorority and you have to like test before formals and stuff like that so i pre- i feel pretty safe um i mean of course there are breakthrough cases where people who are even vaccinated get it but it's like very low symptoms and you recover with them like pretty quickly. So um, I don't know. I, I felt, I felt safe among my peers and the people that I know, cause I, I trust them. 
So you're in a, you're in a sorority. That's yeah, it's fun. It's well, it's we're a Jesuit school, so it's like unofficial sororities, but it's still really fun. Did you have to go through like any hazing or anything? Oh, I didn't hazing. That's more at like schools where sororities and fraternities matter more. At Georgetown, it doesn't. It's not like a huge deal. I think like only ten percent of our population is in it. Um, but since we're a Catholic school, like we can't, we can't. Um, or Jesuit school, our sororities are unofficial, so we don't have like housing. Uh, so we just like live in regular dorms and stuff. So it's not like a huge part of our culture. Georgetown is a lot more club culture, like pre-professional clubs. They're basically your social life, which is funny. Um, yeah, it's very different, I think, from a lot of most colleges. That's interesting because you like, as you see on many shows and like hear many stories, a lot of sororities and fraternities are 10 times worse from, you know, different things because of hazing and whatnot and, you know, whatever else goes on. No, I was never so- in one. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I feel like the media representation of it is sometimes a lot worse than what it is. I think just at my school, it's not a big part of the culture. Um, I think if you were to go to other schools, like bigger schools and um, like I know UC Berkeley and UCLA, obviously it's a lot bigger, but since they're unofficial here, it's really not like a huge part of your social life. It's mostly clubs. So like the biggest, I think like the coolest parties here are like the international relations club like we're kind of nerds <laughs> which is funny but yeah did you ever think that you were going to be in a sorority or you know no, i never thought so but everyone was like super nice and it was during COVID. i was like i want to meet more people because we're all like stuck in our houses and my big like sororities you have like big and littles and now she's like one of my best friends so it's great i'm really happy literally everyone it's so not toxic everyone is so nice and i met so many great girls that I wouldn't have met before if I didn't join it. So I thought it was a really experience, really good experience. Is Georgetown an all-girls school or? No, it's not. It's co-ed. It's co-ed? That has to be interesting. I, I never, I, I don't know. Like, I know a lot of places that are all-girls, all-boys. I don't, I don't know how I could, how I would feel about that, to be honest. Yeah, I can, I don't, I don't think I could personally do it. I have a lot of, like, really great guy friends. And I think having the male perspective as well as the female perspective is really nice to have like whether in classroom or just giving me advice as like a friend um I've always liked having classes with boys also because I romanticize everything and I (laughs) I want to date people you know what I mean so yeah what a dating scene now has changed too I mean I make the joke I make the joke um like dating in 2020 was hard I mean I'm married so it it doesn't apply to me but I make this joke like 2020 everyone wearing a mask my profile on tinder is me wearing a mask so that way if a girl swipes oh i think it's like left or right she can't see how if i'm ugly or cute behind the mask yeah that's funny yeah no it's true there's the whole like mask persona people totally switch their like appearance with masks i think it's so sad like i i feel like we're so much less expressive with masks and even in my acting class you know like for some performances you have to wear masks and it's like how do you how do you act out like what you're feeling? It's it's different. And a lot of my performances also had to go like online, be online. Um, so it was like totally different experience, totally adapting. Do you think your school would ever do something based on COVID-19? Like a theater performance? Yeah. Mm, that's interesting. Um, I feel like there have been some plays on the pandemic. Like there have been some movies right about like plagues recently. We haven't done anything um at our school like we just did cabaret which i wasn't here for um yeah i don't think we did anything like theatrically around covid yet but there are probably a lot of people writing about it 
know there are lots of like blogs talking about like love in the time of plague or love in the time of corona but i haven't seen anything specifically at georgetown just like writings about it yeah that has to be interesting i mean that's what i did i wrote a whole like monologue about the uh pandemic it was like 60 pages oh my god that's so cool and I, that's the acting thing I did. I mean, I basically react, like acted out, like we were in a, it was loosely based off of COVID, but we were in a pandemic and I was the last one standing pretty much. Wow. That's so, that's so cool. Yeah. It was so, very, very interesting. Writing and stuff. I'm sorry. It cut out. Are you interested in like screenwriting and stuff? Um, well, I'm more interesting in like, um, hosting, like, producing and hosting and that's what my job is now um i produce a lot of shows like and uh what's the word produce a lot of shows and podcasts and you know do this so that's pretty much my job as of now that's super cool i love i think writing for like your own screenplay or monologues is so much fun to do i work actually i'm a student fellow at the laboratory for global performance and politics and that's one way also in which like my interests can like intersect one another because obviously I love politics I love theater and so there's this institution here at Georgetown where you like mix the two together so I like wrote my first screenplay that I hope to like get produced this summer but I found it such a fun thing because I've always liked writing but writing in like a monologue and like writing in a screen setting like a film setting is really really awesome and it's great because like you get to act out what you write you know you get to choose what you want to say instead of like someone else deciding for you yeah it's very interesting what got you into politics, though? I think um, as like 10th grade, the 2016 election obviously was like a really tumultuous time. And a lot of people just naturally got into politics. Um, my dad is like, I think my parents are very opinionated people, but I didn't really discover my beliefs until like sophomore year of high school. And with the election, I just... I don't know why I just got so into it. I got really into like intellectual diversity and like hearing a bunch of different perspectives. Um, and I like, I founded this club, um, like my senior year of high school. And then I don't know, I don't know exactly what the impetus was. I just think everyone was political. Like in 2016, like everyone was talking about their own perspectives that I just naturally kind of follow the flow of, of politics. I think I'm, I've always been like a pretty opinionated person but I think I'm more into like understanding why people believe the way that they do. I like just like that, like uh, the, getting the context and the circumstances of people live, people's lives, that that's really what made me like, oh, I want to learn about this. And then the international aspect to that, I was, I've always been like traveling from a young age. My grandmother's French. So it was just interesting to grow up with um, people that were from, you know, different countries with different experiences. Um, and then I guess I just naturally got into international because the domestic politics to me is like not as not as fascinating as as international especially with everything going on right now like you just see how globalized our world is how interconnected we are and then coronavirus of course like every it's you can't contain your studies to one country because every you know the whatever happens in one country can spill over to another country borders don't just like put an end to plagues put an end to ideas um so that's what i really got into like international politics and that's what i'm doing now so what is international politics? I never really got the yeah. point of that. It's basically, so what my concentration is, is security studies. So um, just like, for example, right now I'm taking a nuclear weapons class. So it's all about the emergence of nuclear weapons, how that threatens like different countries, how different countries go about 
um, building their nuclear arsenals, arms races, like, you know, versus Russia versus the US, what Russia is doing, what do we do in response to what Russia is doing. I have another class called military strategy that's all really about just like the operations and tactics that the US military uses. So we read a lot of like military theory. Clausewitz was like this 1800s military historian. So that's a lot more like US foreign policy in regards to the rest of the world. And then I have a course called Europe in Crisis that's really about how did like the European Union emerge as an institution to combat this like centuries of, of fighting world wars on um, on Europe on the European continent? How does Europe emerge from that like really crazy violent past and now emerge into this institution where 27 member states are working together politically and economically? So that's kind of what international politics that I focus on. Since I'm speaking French, I do have I like think a lot about like European studies as well as like um, Eurasian studies with Russia. Um, but I just, I find it really, really fascinating. So I'm excited for what, whatever the future holds in terms of what I want to do, but also I have no idea what I want to do because I like acting and writing and singing. So yeah, I don't know. See, I feel like that's a good class that everyone should learn about. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, like with what's going on in Russia and Ukraine and mean it could, I mean, I, I was convinced that we're going to be in a, like a, another world war. Yeah. I mean, no one really knows what's going to happen right now. It's still kind of up in the air because um, Putin put like the nuclear weapons on high alert, I think, or alert, either that or high alert. I don't know which, what it is, but yeah, there's definitely the possibility for things to escalate, whether that be targeting us or maybe targeting other countries, more Western countries, countries a part of NATO, which we're in alliance with. So yeah, the possibility hasn't like, it's not ruled out. Um, I think it's always important to like consider worst case scenarios because you might, you know, find yourself in that. So you have to prepare for that. I'm surprised like, DC doesn't have um like fallout shelters all around. I mean, because you guys are a prime target if there ever was a nuclear attack, you know? Yeah, no, it is true. Actually, one of our first days of class for nuclear weapons, there's like this website online where you can check like, will you be harmed by like a nuclear uh, bomb located at whatever direction? And so obviously like the White House and the Capitol are like prime targets, right? In DC. So our professor like had us like, did an entire lecture about like, will we at Georgetown be like harmed by a nuclear bomb, which was pretty scary. Um, but yeah, it was interesting to learn about. Like speaking, the oh, I was sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Speaking of the Capitol, were you around when that happened? The insurrection? Yeah. Well, it was, it was winter break, so I wasn't there. Actually, a lot of my friends were like here because it was, Janu yeah, it was January 6th of 2021, right? Yeah, but I was still, it was still Christmas break for us. So I was in Los Angeles for that. That had to be, I mean, like, whether was, you were there or not, yeah, that was yeah. nuts. No, I did check on like my friends because a lot of my friends were in DC, but um, afterwards, like the Capitol was like totally closed off their fences. Really, really scary. So um, yeah, I had to make sure my friends were okay, but I was luckily back in Los Angeles. But yeah, crazy. Yeah, I never would expect, never expected that in my entire life, to be honest. Yeah, it was, yeah, we were watching like on real time in Los Angeles, but on the TV, so. What was your opinion on that, if you don't mind me asking? I mean, really horrible. I think anyone like storming an institution and like threatening to like hurt the people inside is really awful. Um, it would just happen. It was like, um, you know, when you tell your followers when trump tells his followers that the election was stolen you're kind of galvanizing this entire base that an election is fraudulent 
that wasn't. Um, you're like questioning the results of a democratic election, which is horrible. Um, and whenever you question something like as important as an election, that's terrible because it's like, what, what can you rely on? What can you trust if you don't trust democratic processes? If you're not gonna willingly accept your defeat in something, I mean, that's horrible. And then you get these people that like believe you, that believe that you were wrong, that you that some wrongdoing was committed against you. And then they feel galvanized. They feel like legitimized in storming like an historic institution that should be sacred to us. Um, so it was a really sad day for, I mean, a lot of people and a lot of people seeing how divided, how um, like not together we were as a nation. Um, it was a really sad day. It was scary. Um, I mean, I, no one, none of my friends were like in harm's way, luckily, but I mean, there definitely were a lot of people in DC and in the Capitol that were like scared for their lives. So that was really, I think just a sad day overall for everyone, because it just showed how polarized we were and how half the nation, well, not half the nation, but a lot of people don't believe the results of a democratic election. Now, what's it like now out down in DC? I think it's, I think it's pretty fine overall. Um, um, I'd say DC always has like, always has things going on, like politically charged events. Um, like on Friday of, la no, two weeks ago on Friday, I went to like a Ukraine protest. Um, so it's really nice to see a bunch of people coming out, you know, to support Ukraine. I, there's the Ukrainian embassy is like a 10 minute walk from my dorm and there's lots of flowers everywhere and signs and support of Ukraine. So that's really nice to walk by and, and see a lot of people coming together uh, to support Ukraine. So I think people are always in DC are very politically activated and politically motivated. Do you feel like politics have ruined a lot of relationships and do you think it gets tiresome at some points? Yeah, I think I think a lot of politics is really like personalized today i think yeah it's it's really it's really difficult um i feel like a lot of people can't hear each other out anymore which is sad and you wonder how much of this is like should i be listening to these people am i legitimate and not wanting to hear them or am i doing am i committing some kind of wrongdoing by not you know convening with the other side and what is the other side like what is legitimate what is a, an opinion that's fine to have what is an opinion that you shouldn't, you know, converse with? What is an opinion that's like way too out of there to not accept versus what is an opinion that I'm not personally in agreement with, but I respect that someone holds that opinion. Um, that's a hard field to navigate. Um, and I feel like that's one of the reasons why I don't really want to do domestic politics because I feel like people are just always so mad at each other all the time where international politics, it seems like there's a lot more coming together, right? Like you see, both sides wanting to support Ukraine. I mean, obviously there are some caveats. There are some people that, you know, are Russian sympathizers, but I think you see a lot of people from both sides wanting to promote like democracy and wanting to promote the sovereignty of a nation um, that's currently being invaded by, you know, a country. So I find international politics to be less demoralizing. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to politics, I have my personal views, but whenever I voice my opinion, everybody, and that's not just me, it's everybody, we all jump down each other's throats. And it's like very, I try to steer away from it, to be honest, just because I'm tired of the fighting. Yeah, you know? I agree with that. Yeah, that's true. And, and I feel like when it comes to whoever you vote for, you shouldn't care who you're voting for. You know what I mean? Like, 
to me, I don't think we should say, okay, Biden's uh, senile and you shouldn't vote for him because he's going to promote this. Or if you vote for Trump, you're a rate like it, we shouldn't, it shouldn't come down to that when it comes to politics. Yeah. I don't know. I think like, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to, I think it's important to hear other people's perspective as long as it's in line with like something that's moral. Um, there are opinions that are just immoral to harm, like to have though. But yeah, people come, people come at it at, at different sides and have different reasoning, reasonings for supporting um, whatever, whatever party. Um, I just find that it's easiest to not be blind in what party you're supporting and just really think about your own personal like issues. What do you care about? What do you think is important to promote? And then align yourself with a candidate. I think it's bad to blindly support a certain candidate without like checking what is this candidate just because they're a certain party. Um, I think it's really great to first rely on issues and your own beliefs as opposed to relying on people because people are always going to let you down. You know, candidates are imperfect, but your own morals and your own sense of like beliefs are really important to have. Um, but yeah, I don't like people that blindly support certain people or think that people or think that politicians are like some idealized force because we're all imperfect humans. So just go with your own beliefs and then choose the candidate that is most in like moral, most um, along your own, your own value systems, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Have you ever got the uh, tour to White House or anything? No, I haven't. Yeah. No, that's not something I've done. I actually never had a, I've never been like, a, there's Capitol Hill and chips are like really popular, but I never did one of those. Um, I work more in like the embassy now. The embassy is like really close to Georgetown. The French embassy is like a 10 minute walk, which is great. So I just walk there like every morning. I would love the to tour to White House. I just feel like it's, yeah, I want to cool. see the, like the whole like outline of it. Yeah, no, you can you can book tours, but they're very hard to come by. I think you have to like book a lot of months in advance for those. Is it expensive? Do you know? I don't know. I feel like that would be bad if it's expensive because I feel like the White House is one of those like you should democratize like spaces of, of such importance, right? Like I feel like anyone should be able to get access to the White House. It's probably pretty expensive though, but I think you have to just book. I think it's just hard to book rather than like being expensive, but I have no idea. Yeah, I would love to just do that. I mean, the the history of it and just to see everything and to know if it's actually haunted because of Abraham Lincoln, but oh, yeah. I there's so much history in that. That'd be awesome. Did you ever hear that story about uh it being on it? No, I didn't. Evidently like Abraham Lincoln like roams the hallways at night. Really? I didn't know that. I feel like there's a bunch of like cool gothic things. When I was at Trinity, there was a bunch of like gothic stories about like an RA who like haunts the place because Trinity was like 1950, 19, no, sorry, 1592. Georgetown's kind of haunted. We're like 1789. So we're pretty, time of the French Revolution. So we're pretty old. Have you there's, ever like, do you believe in ghosts at all? Personally, I don't. But we're required, since we're a Jesuit school, we're required to take two theology classes by the time we graduate. So I did this problem of God class, and it was really interesting because you hear like all these perspectives. I think theology is so interesting. Personally, I'm not religious, but I find it really fascinating to hear people explain their own beliefs because it's just like, it's such an interesting topic. Theology is basically philosophy, but the most important topics like death and morality and what is the good life. It's just like the most fascinating topic. That's interesting. Yeah. 
I know a lot of people don't really believe in ghosts and UFOs and all that. I'm personally a believer because I've had experiences, but yeah, it's nuts. I feel like I've, I, everyone has, like, I've had an experience where I'm like, when I was young, but like, I don't know if I was like making it up or if it was like a dream, but everyone you talk to, I think has one of those experiences that my professor of problem of God, he was saying like, you can't discount the fact that like so many people have had experiences with ghosts. Like to say definitely like no ghost exists is to like deny all of these experiences that people have had. Like there has to be something if all of these people have like some kind of experience with the supernatural, like you can't so definitively say there is no supernatural, right? Because so many people have experienced crazy, crazy shit. So yeah, I find it so fascinating. I definitely want to continue on my journey and like learn more. And if, and if I have some kind of experience, yeah. Don't play Ouija boards. That's my no, only. You won't. I won't. It's my only advice. Because I don't. I my friend wants to play one. And I'm just like I don't know how I feel about that. Like. I just kind of stay clear from that stuff. Kind of scares me. I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of like I believe, but I don't believe, and. Mm -hmm. I took a chance and spent the night like my wife and I went to a haunted hotel and we stayed it was I think it was like room like 926 and evidently there's like a ghost that roams the room and like yells at people it's like an older man but I didn't I didn't see anything I mean I was up a majority of the night because I couldn't because the bed was uncomfortable obviously but I felt like I was sleeping on cardboard but I didn't see or witness anything it was really bizarre yeah those things are hard it's hard because it's like until you've had your own experience it's hard to believe anything but there are people that like swear that they have certain experiences so it's like i can't really discount that i just take it as like oh this is interesting evidence and i have to learn more i feel like that's my perspective on law it's a lot just like i want to learn more i want to listen more <laughs> it's hard for me to like be so definitive like i don't want to say that's my whole thing with religion too it's like it's really hard for me to believe in something just because I wasn't raised with religion in my life. But like I, I go to I go to church sometimes and I like try to understand like right like what is what is going on and I take like theological classes that are so fascinating to me. Um, but it's it's hard. I feel like I don't I don't know exactly like where I stand because I haven't had certain experiences that people who are religious have had. I used to get scared of um, church. I mean, so my wife she went to Catholic school and. I I was in church maybe once or twice in my life and every time we would go to church I mean she I never went to church with her but when I was a kid um I just didn't understand the whole aspect of Jesus Christ and God and all that and um some of the things that we that they were talking about like scared me as a kid and I would tell her that it still like you know haunts me to this day I can't yeah. watch there's, I forget the movie I can't watch the movie where he got um crucified because it just it scares me but she's like well it scares you because you don't really understand it mm -hmm. and i think that's what a lot of people why people don't go to church because they're afraid of the stories they hear and how life was the way it was back in you know way back when you know what i mean no, it's true. I think it's like hard when you don't when you weren't raised with it or you don't understand it. It's hard to like form an opinion on it. Yeah, I mean, I I almost took a religion class in college, but I I chose a woman's studies class actually. Yay, that's fun. <laughs> it was it was interesting. I actually learned I mean, her first paper was uh 
what I thought a feminist was. And I can't remember what I wrote down, but we had to do two papers on it. So the first paper was what we thought it was going into the class. Then it was the last paper and we had to explain what we thought it was once we learned every little detail about the class. And my teacher was a female to male transgender. And at first, like, I didn't, I thought he was like gay, to be honest, at first. And then he was like, oh, no, I'm a transgender. And we were like, whoa, we we're like, really? I was like, that's interesting. It was really interesting from uh, what I learned. Yeah, I know. It's, it's really interesting to take women's study classes. I haven't yet taken one at Georgetown just because my um, core is like so, so hard. <laughs> and I, I was contemplating graduating early. So I haven't had a lot of time to like take a lot of electives, but definitely want to do that. I feel like I've been restricted to theater for my electives. Would you ever take music theory? Yeah, I would love to. I feel like I just learned guitar and I've only spent like two years on it that I feel like if taking a class would like make me so much better because I think I just like do chord progressions and that's it. I hated music theory. I took it. I can't read for, I can't read music for anything, to be honest. I mean, I took, there was one music class I took, it was called History of Rock and Roll, which was very interesting. So we learned stuff from like the 1920s and the doo-wop age and all that. And that was a pretty interesting class. I liked it. Oh, that's cool. Definitely want to take like some music theory. Yeah, music, music theory is a good class. I mean, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. That's just me personally. Um, so your new, your, your new song, Foreigner. Yes. Did that just debut? Yeah, just debuted. Yeah, on March 11th. March 11th? Yeah. My what, EP. Was, what was your thought process on writing it? Yeah, my thought process on writing that. So it's basically a track about, like, from a young age, I've always been really into, like, people with different accents. Like, I was obsessed with, you know, Doctor Who. Yes. Like, the, doctor, the Sherlock from Sherlock. Uh, better than Cumberpatch and like also once upon a time there was this um hook Captain Hook I was like obsessed with so I it was like it's a song about how like growing up you like romanticize people who speak different languages and accents and then it's about my own personal experience with this guy who was Italian and I was like just because you're foreign doesn't mean that I should like romanticize you um and so that's what the song is about it's like uh despite the fact that you're like foreign um you're kind of like diminishing my like independence diminishing kind of my own quirkiness and so it's kind of like being um kind of falling out of that romanticizing of, of foreign people i guess um just like that one experience just a personal experience so i thought it was like a funny kind of a diss track about that when it comes to writing music you you put a lot of stuff in your personal life i feel from what you've told me yeah. does yeah. it ever <laughs> does it ever put you in a dark place no, I don't think so. I think it helps me a lot. Whenever I'm in a really dark place, I have to like, I have to play something. Um, I have to, sh I think it's more therapeutic than it is perpetuating this darkness that comes out of me. Have you ever had a traumatic experience from? Yeah, I got robbed at gunpoint last year. Oh, wow. What happened with that? that that's yeah, walking near Georgetown University. It was actually a really, it was like a kind of a life altering moment because I wrote actually an essay on this for one of my English classes, but I've always been really scared of, of growing up and like growing older. And once I had that experience, I just realized how like, how I should actually be appreciative of the fact of growing up because it's never anything is ever guaranteed to you. So 
that was like really life altering for me. Why were you scared of growing up and growing older? I don't know. I just, I had this feeling that like I had to do a lot when I was young. Um, I think being at Georgetown, it's like a very competitive kind of atmosphere. I was like, I don't know if I'm doing enough. I should be doing more before I graduate. And I was like, I don't want to grow up because I want to, you know, achieve a lot when I'm young. Um, I think being young is just really nice because you don't have to worry about things anymore. <laughs> like, or not anymore. You don't have to worry about things. And then you have to, you know, when you graduate school, it's like, what do you want to do? I also am very indecisive in terms of my career path. So it's scary for me to think of the prospect of like having a job because it's like, what if I pursue a job I don't really want to do? What if I'm like stuck, you know? I think it's nice to be at a point where you don't have to fully know yourself, don't have to know what you want to do. So I was always kind of scared of growing up. And then when that happened, I was like, I should actually be appreciative of the fact that, you know, life continues and I shouldn't take for granted the fact that I have life to live. So you're walking down the street and just some random guy robs you at gunpoint and you obviously my friend and there were two guys with guns it was really scary so yeah and you just give them your stuff and then they run away everything i'm not gonna fight i mean i'm like really not that strong and they were like taller than us and two guys you know obviously a lot stronger than us so it was it was scary but um yeah (laughs) crazy i mean i've been i've been held at gunpoint before once but yeah Yeah. i was at a hospital go on no, no, you go. You're a hospital. Yeah. So I used to work at a hospital with my dad. I was in the parking industry, and I had like a badge that could let people in and out depending on, you know, if they didn't have money or whatever. And these guys came up and they're like, just chilling at the gate. And I'm like, hey, you guys gotta come, you know, put your ticket in the machine. They're like, how much is it? So I'm looking at. It, I was like, it's going to be like three dollars. And he was like, three dollars. I was like, yeah. And that's when he pulled the gun. I was like, whoa. He was like, yeah, I've been watching you. He was like, I see you have a badge. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, here you go. I mean, it's three dollars. I don't really care. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. That's crazy. Yeah, it's scary in those moments because it's weird too. I don't, I feel like you don't process it the way you should. Like I was kind of like I was like kind of I wasn't like laughing, but I was like this is crazy. Like in the in the moment, and then looking back at it, I was like that's actually really dangerous. Like I feel like you don't process your emotions correctly. Like when you're in the moment, like if you do weird things. Like, you don't know how to respond to such crazy stuff like that. Like, I don't, I didn't respond in, like, in a way I should have. Like, I, I just remember thinking it was like, what, 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 what's happening? This is so weird. Like, I was almost, like, kind of laughing because I was like, I don't know how to respond to, like, it, you know? It was weird. A lot of people have, when they're, when a traumatizing event happens, too, a lot of people have certain ways of coping with it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I get a did your friend ever like did your friend ever like come back to school after that yeah you know we're at school we're at school together uh, yeah. she w- did she was she like traumatized did she have a different like uh i mean i think we just i don't know if we process like totally different but like we, we slept in the same bed that night like you know what i mean it was definitely for both of us really scary um but yeah i think it was it was like a obviously it wasn't good but it was like it made me have a better perspective on life which i'm happy about um i think you have to kind of accept all the bad things and then be like well there was something you know maybe positive that came out of this just so that you can cope with it but i think it made me like it made me want to be a happier person afterwards because i had been really scared and anxious of like growing up and i was like actually i should be like glad that i have life to live like you know yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I uh, 
that one situation i was 19 and that's when i was i was 19 too you were 19 i think when we're kids we don't realize like we don't realize that we're not given that we could go at any second i think that's what happens when we're kids and i know it takes a lot of people to realize that because it's unheard of having kids like die at the age of 17 unless it's something like tragic or something and i've had a couple experiences like that when i was a kid i mean i've had two you know two friends get killed in the hit and run and then my sister's friend died when he was 19 and it's like it's hard because like, you do you think nothing's going to happen to me i'm 17 or 19 and then just like that i can't i wish i could snap but i can't but you know what i mean yeah, I'm so sorry about that. That's horrible. I agree. I think you kind of think that you're invincible, right? And then you realize that you are. Yeah, it's nuts. I mean, but to get back on what you were saying with what you want to do. Yes. Yeah. So foreigner, that's what foreigner is about. And then narcissist, we already kind of talked about. Um, I'd say my debut single, Venice Beach, DC, is about how like culturally different West Coast and East Coast is and my own experience coming from um, Los Angeles, Venice Beach. I'm not actually from Venice Beach, but I go there a lot and it's such an iconic spot that I like, I have to include this in the title. So Venice Beach, DC, it's about trading in my like West Coast beach city roots um, for this new pre-professional political environment. And like, I drew inspiration a lot from like Legally Blonde, and, like empowering anthem of like, yeah, I'm here. I'm, I'm gonna show you what I can do, um, demonstrate why I like deserve to be here. So that's what Venice Beach to DC is about. And I'm actually working on a music video for that. And then I have two other singles coming out in April and May that I did with an Irish producer when I was studying abroad in Ireland. Um, I took a train from Trinity College in Dublin to Cork, Ireland, which is amazing. And then I, I met up with this awesome um, Irish producer and produced two songs with him. So I'm excited to put those out these next couple of months. Well, what was it like in Ireland? So fun. The people there are like incredible, um, like musical atmosphere. It was so great to just have like recorded um, like an EP because I felt like the world like showed me, exposed me to all these really cool musicians. Like everyone there is very musical in some kind of sense, like singers, a lot of singer songwriters, lots of producers, musicians. So it was really nice to be among that. And I went out with like people that were in the musical scene, which was fun because it's like you get to draw inspiration from each other and like learn from each other, which was really awesome. Yeah, that is pretty awesome. I've never been across these, but I want to. Yeah, it's so fun. Ireland, I recommend it to literally everyone. The people there are like the most amazing people. They're so welcoming and they're literally hilarious. Like I just crack up laughing all the time. They're great. I imagine they all don't have red hair either. No, they don't. Actually, you know, Scotland has a higher proportion of people with red hair than Ireland does. Yeah, I'm Scottish, supposedly. If you go to Scotland, you'll meet a lot of red haired people. <laughs> I probably if I do if I ever go to Ireland I'm probably not going to tell them what I really am I'll just you know yeah I'm I'm Irish yeah 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 lots more red hair than in America <laughs> that's the thing like I used to be everyone said I'm, I'm a different breed I'm like what does that mean they're like because your hair I'm like oh <laughs> uh, it is it is a really recessive trait not a lot of people have it no and then I would get made fun of and then they dyed their hair orange in high school I was like oh. Oh my god, no! No, it's a cool thing. You're like, you're like, that's like really rare. I mean, unless you go to Scotland or Ireland, you're gonna be a little less special, you know? Yeah, so, I mean. Yeah. Oh well, it's always time to be special. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what uh, what I wanted to say was, when you graduate, 
Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to tell from my experience, I graduated in, what was it, 2017? 2017, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, oh, I knew what I wanted to do, but I worked at a lot of jobs that involved car dealerships and rental car agencies. And when I finally got into radio, which was in the summertime last year, I knew this is the job I'm going to be that I wanted to be at. So, I mean, I don't want someone to go and get a job and be like, oh yeah, I'm doing this, but I don't like it. Like, I would say with whatever you're doing, go with what you feel most comfortable with and that you know you're going to make a good decision doing it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think it's so important to do something you're really, I mean, it's cliche, passionate about, but yeah, I think I've, I've, I've been able to like say what I don't want to do. <laughs> like, and I'm just like, I really have to do something creative in my life. Whatever that manifests itself into, I need to be creative because I just, I feel like I wouldn't be happy if I didn't do something creative. And there are ways to be political and creative. So finding that intersection is something I really hope to do. Or you could do both too. Exactly, do both. I mean, who's stopping you? No one. Definitely. Well, is there anything else you want to talk about before we uh, go? No, just you can stream my EP called Foreigner um, on all streaming platforms. And my debut single, Venice Beach, DC. Look out for a music video coming out by the end of this month based around blonde and filmed at Georgetown University, which is awesome. So it's going to be lit. All right. I haven't heard that in a term in a while. Yeah, okay. Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. Ah, thank you so much for having me. Bye. See ya. Coming to you live, TJTV. Hey, yo. song everybody really good song i have to say i love this song from project x this is the type of thing we'll play the music a little bit this is the type of thing or type of music that was playing at ryan's pub late amazing interview by the way we'll get on with that in just a couple seconds listen to the music listen
Oh, God. That was a, it's a great song. By the way, what a great interview we had, too. That was one of my favorite interviews, longest favorite interviews I've had in a while. And I have to say, great guest. I would love to have her back on again eventually. So thank you again, Sophia, for coming on the show. I really enjoyed it. And, you know, we'll have you back on again soon. By the way, guys, there are a few things I do want to touch on. It looks like, I just got this report earlier, Barack Obama has COVID, which I thought was really, like, bizarre. Like, I mean, I know he's not the president, but he's still relevant in this day and age. And I have to say, like, you know, when it when someone has COVID and they're a well-known person, like, uh, when they're, I guess... I don't know. I forget the word. Not an inspiration, even though he is inspirational. But uh, I can't think of the word. Oh, God, that's going to bug me now. God damn it. Ow. Um, <laughs> but yeah, when you have somebody like that who gets COVID, then you kind of feel like, okay, like COVID's real. It's still here and this, that, and third. To be really honest, I don't know if COVID's here or not. I really don't know. I want to say it's not here because of what uh, Biden said, but no one, I don't really know if COVID's here or not. I mean, personally, I think COVID's not here just because he's, oh yeah, COVID's gone, state of the union, you know, masks don't really help and this, that, and third, but now that Obama has it, okay, shit's getting a little real. It's not as scary as it was. By the way, we are, I think we are a year in, or two years in the pandemic. I have to say, that is actually kind of nuts, too, to think about, like, how we were here for the pandemic, and now it's just like, whoa, like, I didn't actually think we were going to be in this pandemic long, either. Like, a lot of people were saying, oh, yeah, the pandemic's going to be, pandemic's going to be gone in a couple days, and this, that, and the third, you know. No one knew. No one. Honestly, I don't think anyone really knew when the pandemic was going to end. I still don't know if the pandemic's fully gone, but we'll never know. If it is gone, then it's gone. Yeah, no big deal. But who knows? We'll see. Uh, let's see. We'll be back in a couple days. There's a few things I want to talk about. The whole Russian Ukraine deal. So, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Yeah, actually, we'll talk about that next show. And uh, I want to say thanks again for the interview. Fun show. We're going to have more shows soon. So, uh, that's it, everybody. Love you all to death. I'll see you guys on Friday. All right, everyone. Peace out. Bye. Also, this podcast is sponsored by FNXFit.com. This website has protein shakes, powders, testosterone boosters, gummies, shirts, pretty much anything all about being healthy. Also, by the way, guys, you guys will get 10% off any order that you purchase with my discount code TJGLESAC25. That's right, 10% off. And trust me, like 10% off will really help you guys out in the long run. Also, guys, if you don't like any of our products, well... We'll give you a refund with all your money back. So don't worry about that. 
you know, your money will be back. We'll get back to you once you meet your purchase. So go to fnxfit.com. That is fnxfit.com. It will direct you to this, you know, awesome looking page. It's really just about staying healthy. And I know a lot of people want to stay healthy, especially during this time with the whole coronavirus out. So go to fnxfit.com. Use my discount code TJGleesack25 and you'll get 10% off of any order. And if you guys want to get refunded, well, you'll get your money back. So uh, that's it. So let's go. Hey, what's up, guys? Do you guys like white teeth? Do you guys want to look good for the prom? Do you guys want to show those white pearls when you guys go out and not have to wear a mask after you get your vaccine? Well, go to brightensmile.com and use my discount code TJGleason657725. You get 25% off of any purchase you guys buy. That's brightensmile.com with my discount code TJGleason. That's T-J-G-L-E-A-S-O-N-6-5-7-7-2-5 at brightensmile.com. Thanks.